Product is the new marketing and design is at the center of what keeps your app users coming back. But what are the defining traits of a great user experience and how do you deliver one? Well, gaming is a great place to start because guess what? People love them. It is the experience that sets the bar and it's the blueprint we can all learn from, which is why we're going to learn today from my guest. She's a user experience UX evangelist, Jazz Donka. She's also a senior UX designer at Mainframe Industries, a pan-Nordic game venture that has studios in Helsinki and Reykjavik. She has a long record in design, deep passion for all stages of product development. And get this, her mission, right? Jazz, you want to transform the way we work by helping studios nourish and maintain user-centric design culture. That is quite an ambition. Great to have you, first of all, Jazz. How are you doing today? Hey, Peggy, thanks for having me. And yes, uh, I'm really uh, into what I'm doing. I want to change the world, actually. I was going to say, you uh, want to change the world. Yeah, there you I, go. Do, I do, yeah. It's my mission. Uh, user okay, I have, to ask, <laughs> I have to ask then, why? Why do you want to change the world? Um, I think uh, the main the main ways or, or the, the main reasons what I learned over the years is uh, especially the products that I work on, which are video games, um, they are still not as accessible basically to everyone. And I want to help mm -hmm. change it. And user-centric development is basically the way to uh, open up gaming to everyone in the world. And I think it's a wonderful place to be, to meet new people or to engage with really deep stories. Uh, and I think uh, everyone should be able to, to play basically. Well, that's interesting because, you know, what happened, right, in the pandemic, I don't want to always go on about it, but everyone went to games. The numbers were stellar. You can't even describe the, the, the growth, you know, 70, 80 percent growth. But the coolest thing was that people who said they weren't really gamers, they started to identify themselves as gamers. And so to your point, you know, it was all age groups, all demographics, not just the usual suspects. So there's a lot of sense in trying to make it more inclusive. Um, so I have to ask you, what is therefore a good user experience beyond being inclusive? Yeah, that's a great and a really broad uh, question. So inclusivity really is still at the helm because everything that UX does is uh, in regards to the user. So starting with usability, understanding the interface, maybe even writing um, terms or, or game narrative in a way that is accessible. Mm -hmm. um, it comes down so, to so many things, like what is the input device the users can uh, use uh, to make it accessible and inclusive, actually. There are, there are so many parts uh, that one can work on and take into account. Uh, but yeah, it comes really down to uh, making user. things accessible and the user, absolutely. The because. User. This is mm -hmm. what we are doing. We're making these games for other people, not just for us. So you have to love it. You obviously love it, but you also have to have talents and skills. What can you learn and what can you teach yourself? Well, you can do nowadays, there's really great education around game design and games user experience or UX in general. There are many industries that use UX. Uh, it's really been driven by Apple, right? Mm -hmm. In the past 30 years, pretty much. And uh, there are a lot of different courses and schools that you can also attend online to learn the basics of Gestalt psychology, 
which is one of the fundamentals of UX design. It's all about how do we process information as humans, and so how can we make uh, uh, digital uh, products accessible through human-computer interaction, for example. Those are the basics. That is the stuff you can learn. And then, of course, there's then the experience that you just learn about production and about making things by, you know, doing it. Mm -hmm. So you can do it yourself to some extent. Looking at you, you know, UX evangelist, that's pretty cool. How about yourself? How did you get started? Um, I actually have a, a basic um, bachelor's degree in communication design. Uh, I think I graduated in 2006. So the basics of graphic design are really the same principles uh, of, of user experience in a way. So I started uh, working on uh, actually analog media, which is uh, magazines, books, but also then digital one, which is the websites. And you know, in a way, everything follows the same principle, the way that you lay out the information, how it is accessible to, to the mm -hmm. people, yes. So um, I have a, yeah. You have, you have an yeah. Yeah, yes. What was your degree in? Or did you have to study? Uh, yeah, I studied and it's a Bachelor of Communication Design, I think, if I remember. Okay. We learned about iconography, layouting the basic tools okay. like you know, Photoshop, InDesign. Yes, everything that's needed to create uh, any kind of product. Aloha. If you are looking for thought-provoking conversations and different perspectives than you'll find anywhere in the mainstream media on the topics and issues of the day, you're in the right place. I'm Tulsi Gabbard, former presidential candidate, United States Congresswoman, surfer, soldier in the Army Reserves, and veteran of three deployments. On my show, we go beyond the headlines and the sound bites. We cut through the noise to provide you with unique, nuanced perspectives on all sorts of issues along with my unfiltered views. No partisan talking points here, no hidden agendas. This is the Tulsi Gabbard Show. Truly. So here we are, you know, working a decade in the games industry, creating engaging experiences. What's the one trait, talent that you think has allowed you to succeed? Because from that, we're going to understand what others need to succeed. What's done it for you? Well, of course, I've loved games all my life so specifically this industry i seeked out because i kind of come with a lot of knowledge that i just acquired you know by being a gamer however what really uh, kept driving me is just these experiences that i uh, had myself when i was younger um, mm -hmm. and how i connect specifically how i connected with people over them so in multiplayer games like mmos i think you know there's just really magic in it and uh, it just kept me going, really, yeah. So it's great you say magic because when we were doing an interview, full disclosure, I've already interviewed you for Pocket Gamer, an article about how you got started in your career, how people can get started in this period. And back in that interview, you said there needs to be something in you that is burning for this. What did you mean by that? Yeah, I don't really know where it comes from. And it's hard, you know, maybe to to, to tell others about it. But I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I guess I just found the thing in life that I want to do. And uh, okay. I, I think I actually just, I, I also saw while I was going to college, I was working in a supermarket, for example. And even there I learned I was working in the service category. And I just enjoy that. I enjoy making a pleasurable experience and having a good service design for, for others. It just 
gives me this intrinsic kind of feeling of, yes, I brought someone, you know, something they needed, mm -hmm. they enjoyed that. And that I think it's really just that in the end, being part of a community and being able to contribute in a And the good news way. is that you can have this um, and you have it across, you know, we have designers in every industry, every app vertical, that's, that's a given. But the good news is what I'm hearing is that there is a lot of this you can teach yourself. There are YouTube courses, there are virtual meetups and places. I mean, imagine someone says to themselves, really, I want to make things accessible. Mm -hmm. I want to make them inclusive. I love games. I want to bring gamification to other apps. I mean, yeah. how much of that can I just go out and do right now? You know, everything in UX first and foremost comes down to your user. So who is your audience and what would be the kind of gamification that they would want to, for example, engage in? What are they actually playing games? What What is the age or gender category? What are other types of media they engage with? Um, so first, it's always about you can't just pick something off the bat. You always first need to learn who am I making this for? And depending on this kind of segmentation and what you learn about the audience, then you can be like, okay, they have maybe they are playing um, specific game. What can I learn from that? So they are also when they use a specific software, like okay, they are familiar with Facebook. So can I use certain interactions or, or things from this kind of uh, piece? that they have already experienced. This is also how it works for us in games. Uh, we don't come up with just new things all the time. We also use a lot of state-of-the-art uh, interaction, for example. But yeah, first and foremost, it's always talk, talk to your audience and you will learn what they might appreciate. So real quick, just in a nutshell, really, that what you have to learn. I mean, it probably helps to have um, mm. some idea of some software. What software is key? What do I have to know? Is it, uh, is it Figma and a few others out there? Um, because there's a basis upon which you build this, but then mm -hmm. there's a ton is what I'm hearing that you can learn yourself and add to this. So this is a career that it is literally what you make it. Yeah, there are so many. There's Sketch, there's Figma, there's Adobe also has their own, mm -hmm. uh, it's called XC. Okay. Um, it really comes down to you. Nowadays, there, there are even so many more have been in the in the in the in the last year. So it's a really moving market, like mm -hmm. regarding this kind of type of software, and they all have very similar features actually, and only branch in specific ways that they differ. It's really up to you. I would really say, you know, try try all of them and see which one fits your needs the best. Because some, for example, offer some type of animation, while others don't. But they might have other. Uh, tools, uh, for example, in Figma, it's really easy to share with the user, maybe a mock-up you make that is interactable and you can actually test right away with someone something. Uh, I think that is available even in the free version. I'm not 100% sure. But so it comes down to what are the features that I need um, for the product that I'm trying to make. And all of them come, I think, with a free trial. So it's really worth uh, figuring it out, maybe even together with your team. Who else is going to collaborate on, on this? Uh, what, what fits us the best? Mm -hmm. Well, of course, you work on your own as a designer, but you work also in a team. You work with marketers. You work with a ton of other disciplines across the company. What does a UX designer need to be a contributor to this process, part of this process? 
Yeah, that's a really great question because, you know, for us as UX designers, it really comes down to facilitation and listening. That is a huge part of our job. Um, and it's actually also why I became an evangelist because it wasn't necessarily or all, all, not, it isn't really every way it understood that, you know, what is UX really and how it actually mm -hmm. affects every part of the product. And uh, this is where the teamwork comes into play, where exactly like you said, we work with marketing, we work with the product lead, we actually work with uh, the engineers and also other designers uh, on the product. And it's all about that we uh, talk together, we facilitate learnings, um, we learn together about the user. It's, it's not just about us doing one specific thing, but, and actually that's also what I love a lot about the job. I love working together with a team that is just as passionate as me, just as interested in, in learning, in listening, uh, and working together to bring the, the best product to the people. But of course, you know, it's iterative because users are changing, right? Um, habits changed a ton in the last two years, how long we play, what we play. And there's a lot that you learn there that you can bring to other industries, other verticals, testing, checking the data. It sounds like a steep learning curve uh, for someone with just a design background. What's a learning you can share about how to bring the two together? Because maybe someone's great in design and has to figure out the other side how to be a listener. Yeah, and uh, that's been also difficult for me because we all have these ideas and we think, hey, maybe my idea would be the best. That's the the, the part where you need to yeah, work on yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not easy. And I think that goes for everyone who works in a team, right? Or to be even with other people, it's always about compromises. Um, but yeah, specifically, as you said, you know, there's so much about also to actually work together with QA quite a bit also. So there is really no, so what I can say for myself, what was my biggest breakthrough is no fear, no fear in reaching out to people, no fear in, in sharing your opinion and also no fear about, you know, taking a step back and understanding when you've made mistakes and also sharing those with the team. Um, I think actually that's one of the most important parts about the culture uh, in any team is the vulnerability that we all make mistakes and uh, yeah, actually that helps quite a bit uh, too. And of course then also one just from production side, uh, which is a really great tool, it's called uh, Retrospectives. So in the end of every release where we had a couple of sprints, we work on something, we actually sit down with the team and we write down what did we like about this uh, the last couple of weeks, how we work together, what went well, what didn't went so well, what are actions that we need to take to improve uh, the work uh, that we do together and also to improve the product. So that will also help you to reflect on what you've been doing and get better each mm -hmm. month, each week, really. It's interesting because now that we have the data and we can validate our hypotheses differently, we can collect the data differently. Um, there's a different role of data that maybe even you weren't ready for, you know, because you love to be inclusive and helpful and having a great experience. And then you're going to have people who say, yeah, but you know, the data tells us X. Um, what's the grasp or what do you need to understand in the data to still be true to your design, but also deliver, you know, like the performance, the improvements, the results that a studio wants to have? 
Yeah, it all comes down also how are you even, uh, where is the data coming from? Do you, how is mm -hmm. the qualitative or this is the quantitative part? So, and it's really difficult, you know, the, the quantitative uh, part is basically how many have maybe an issue or how much does something occur? And then the qualitative part where we go and actually interact directly with the, with the player or user and ask them, you know, why did this occurred, how did they feel about it? So that will clear up a lot. So this is where these different uh, kind of data points kind of need to work together because yeah, just having a set of data doesn't necessarily also just tell one thing. That is where you need to bring these two together to just make better assumptions and what helps then in validating these assumptions are, you know, these kind of rapid uh, um, ways of uh, prototyping and testing maybe with a small sample to be like, hey, was our assumption not correct? Did it improve uh, what the users told us or not? So these are the kind of tools uh, that help because, you know, more than not, and this is also another learning of being a UX designer, more than not, you get it wrong. That's just how it is because it is in the end first an assumption only if you roll it out to a bigger sample of users, you will truly know what might be going on. So we have an overview, which is what I wanted. You know, what's some of the talents? What are some of the traits that you need to make it in UX design to work with marketers? Um, getting started, what do you, what, what's a no-go or what's a must-have when you're trying to get started? Just in a, just in a nutshell to leave our listeners, to leave our audience with a feeling of, yeah, this sounds like what I want to do, or I want to switch to this for my career. What, what is an important point or an important piece of advice you can leave us with? Just like anything in life, if you want to commit to something, maybe do it in the way first where you can experience it, do an internship, do some online courses, just something that sets you up. Okay. This is how this day to day work will be. And uh, does this fit me or not? So what are the ways that you can try that actually out for yourself? Um, if you are uh, an open person that really loves learning and loves to listen to people and work with others, you know, surely this is the, the place to be. And if you, you know, feel like you yourself even have been underrepresented and feel like you can make a difference, you know, go for it. Uh, That's what I, I mean. love when you say that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, let's go out, all of us now, go out and be UX designers, make, make those experiences better because some of them yeah. still are pretty bad. Yeah, I have to say for me, everyone that I work with, it doesn't matter in, in what discipline they work, they are part of our design process. We have very open feedback channels. We, our, everyone in our company can give feedback and gives us good ideas. I think that is uh, just a big thing about, you know, I, it's just, I never feel alone and I, in what I do, because I know that I cannot do it by myself. So that's why I love to, it's a big part, I think, of your design, involving others, um, and it empowers them too. And I think it's beautiful. Well, I wanted to have you here because I also wanted the marketers out there to understand how to work um, best with you. Uh, overall, it's probably a learning process. Um, if you had to rate marketers currently, give them a scorecard on how far along they are in understanding how to bring design into product. Give it, give me a, give me a, a ranking, a scorecard, how well, how far is it? I am actually very happy. I would, I would actually maybe on a one to tail scale, I would be at an eight with that, like looking at the entire industry. I mean, at least the companies oh. I've worked at, I work so closely with marketers and 
specifically on the research parts that back in the days were actually only a marketing uh, discipline for some reason. But nowadays it's so much closer and we are all involved. So I really love just working on features together with them. They help me do the questionnaires. They run their own learnings uh, about the, the users or the players. So you need to bring those back to us. Like we are on the same team, basically. There is no marketers like and designers as separation. They are a team you know, if not the most important one in the company. So whatever you will do that will help that relationship will set you up for success. Well, there you go. And product is the new marketing. So not a better way to end this possible that I can think of, Jazz. Thanks so much for sharing. Um, and, uh, and yes, I mean, you are someone who is giving and you love to share and you are an evangelist, of course. What's the best way to keep up with you? Maybe, you know, after the show, throughout the week, how can people connect? Maybe compare portfolios, whatever. What's the best way? I think the best way is actually just add me on LinkedIn and drop me a message, uh, okay. usually online. Uh, then we can see if maybe we have a call or so. Uh, I love mentoring and uh, helping people you have any kind of topic you want to talk about or how to get started in the games industry or what is UX design, you know, um, just drop me a line. Awesome. Well, that's how we connected. So there you go. Exactly. It works and you do <laughs> respond. As I said, Jazz, thanks so much for sharing. And of course, if you want to keep up with me throughout the week, find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor. You can email me, Peggy, Peggy at mobilegroove.com is where you can also find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. Of course, you can also catch up with me on LinkedIn, connect on Twitter, and you can check out this and all earlier episodes of the show by going to Amazon, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadios. And if you prefer video, well, hey, we've got you covered there as well because we've got this podcast in video powered by The Groove over on YouTube. So until next time, remember, every minute is mobile. Let's make every minute count. Keep well, and we'll see you soon.